Guten Morgen, Covenant Fellowship Church. Let us read the Word of God from 2 Peter 1. 2 Peter 1, verses 1 through 15. This is the Word of the Lord. Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained a faith of equal standing with ours, by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. May grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who has called us to his own glory and excellence by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises, so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue, and virtue with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control." and self-control with steadfastness, and steadfastness with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he is blind having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. Therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent to confirm your calling and election. For if you practice these qualities, you will never fall. For in this way, there will be richly provided for you an entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Therefore, I intend always to remind you of these qualities, Though you know them and are established in the truth that you have, I think it right, as long as I am in this body, to stir you up by way of reminder, since I know that the putting off of my body will be soon, as our Lord Jesus Christ made clear to me, and I will make every effort so that after my departure you may be able at any time to recall these things." The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God shall stand forever. Let's pray. Gracious, merciful, long-suffering Heavenly Father, you have given us everything that we do not deserve. You have protected us from evils that we do deserve. It is in you alone that we find our salvation and true knowledge of it. It is in you that we have our salvation. It is in you that our salvation comes. We pray this morning, O Father, that you would open our hearts to hear your word. That we would hear your word and have it applied to our lives and our thoughts, words, and deeds. We ask that you make the word come alive to us this morning through the power of your Holy Spirit to convict, to save, to heal, Lord, we ask for your grace this morning, as we do every morning, that we may be completely focused upon you. 
Illuminate this word to us, we pray. Amen. This morning, we are looking at how Peter desires for us to gain true knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I want to note that this entire book is on this topic. Specifically, as I've been reading through 2 Peter, the way I would summarize maybe the whole book would be that those who are truly known by God and that those who know him in Christ are those who will resist theological and moral weaknesses of godless preaching and will remain robustly tied to the gospel and the apostolic message that St. Peter is giving us here. Now this is the greater context of this whole book. And in this specific section, Peter is trying to remind his readers of how we can truly know Christ. So I have three main points I think that Peter has for us here. First, in verses 1 and 2, grace and peace comes through knowing Christ. Second, in verses 3 through 11, that love is the pinnacle of knowing Christ. And then third, in verses 12 and 15, through Christ is, through the word is how we know Christ. Again, that is grace and peace comes through knowing Christ. Love is the pinnacle of knowing Christ. And through the word is how we know Christ. So first, grace and peace comes through knowing Christ. First, when, when people talk about what life is truly all about, there's something I consistently hear in the modern age. I hear this from my friends. I hear this from my coworkers, that their life isn't about things. It's about experiences. Maybe you've heard this terminology and language before. It's commendable in many ways, and it's very popular. There are whole movements and philosophies based on this, such as uh, minimalism, if you've ever heard it, or possibly even uh, Marie Kondo, for those who have uh, seen her show. However, what Peter points us to is not things that life is all about. It's not experiences. Instead, he points us to the grace and peace through the knowledge of God and Jesus Christ our Lord. And we see people searching for grace and peace. We see people searching for grace, uh, grace and peace in things. We see them searching for grace and peace in experiences. We see this all the time. But we know this is always temporary, through whatever means they search. Great example, you buy a new car. You're driving a new car. It's great. You're like, I got this car I wanted. I'm, I'm comfortable now. As I've been dreaming of this car. And then you're driving down some small German street, maybe it's in Würzburg for me personally, and somebody backs into it. Just gives you a big old dent on the side of the car, scrapes off the paint. So the the joy and the grace and the peace that you thought you felt from having this item is gone. It is ruined. Or maybe it's an experience. I know people who say that life is about experiences. And usually my friends who who say that, they like to call themselves foodies. They like to experience great food. 
and great food is amazing. It's wonderful. You eat it for a moment, though. You taste it. It feels great. But in the end, what does it do? Maybe it makes you a little fatter. Maybe you get sick from it. Maybe it tastes wonderful and goes on. But in a few hours, you will be hungry again. And all of this, all of these things, they're fleeting. They're like a vapor. None of these things can bring us lasting grace and peace. This is what the Apostle Peter is showing to us. He is showing that grace and peace can only truly be found through the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And not only that, Peter wants us to have this grace and peace multiply to us. Look again at verses 1 and 2 for how he says that we get that. For those who have obtained a faith, skip a little bit, by the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ, may grace and peace be multiplied to you. How? In the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. This is also what our Savior Jesus Christ said In the book of Matthew 11, verse 27, Christ says, All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal to him. So we can know Christ. We can know this grace and peace. We can know the Father through it. All of it, as Peter points out, is done through faith. All of it is done through a knowledge of our Lord and Savior. So for those of us who are are weary, grace and peace can be known. For those who are doubting, grace and peace can be known. For those who are following worldly philosophies for it, true grace and peace can be known. But we must know Christ to know this true grace and peace. But that's not all. The apostle here wants to continue to how we can know this, and how we can know this true grace and peace, where it is truly found, as he goes into what the essence of this knowledge is. And the apostle Peter mentions love. So let's look at that next section here, verses 3 through 11. Here, Peter notes that, quote, the divine power is granting to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence, by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises, so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of evil desire." The apostle notes that God is actively working through his divine power in order to give us grace and the power to follow him in all things pertaining to life and godliness. This is the power of the gospel. Through the Lord's life, death, and resurrection, we can have knowledge of him by knowing that he has called us. He has called us to a glory and an excellence. 
Now, is this a glory and excellence of ourselves? By no means. But instead, it is the glory and excellence of Christ that we have been called to. It is through his glory that the apostle states that we are given the great promises of God. What are these promises? They're vast throughout scripture. Scripture is full of these promises. But in short, they are promises of grace and peace. How are they obtained? Through a union with Christ. A union by faith. The unbeliever, without faith, cannot know Christ. It is by union with him. This is repeated throughout much of uh, the Apostle Paul's writings. So a lot of it, and specifically in Romans. I won't uh, take over Nick's preaching through Romans, so we'll wait for him to get there. But the Apostle Peter continues, For this very reason, knowing Christ, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue, and virtue with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control, and self-control with steadfastness, steadfastness with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from becoming ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Here, Peter implores us to search out Christ and to know him. How does he show us to do this? He does this by asking us to follow in good works. We know Christ by what? By following his commands. Remember John 15, verses 10 and 11, when Christ says, If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be fully complete. So look again at Second Peter. Supplement your faith with virtue, and virtue with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control. We must... We must seek the knowledge of Christ by loving Christ. He ends this list, the pinnacle of his list, with love. And so we must seek to know Christ through love. Love is the essence of knowledge of Christ. You might say, now, now Jake, wait, you know, he has knowledge in this list. And how is love the essence of knowledge? So let me give you an example. For those of you who have a significant other, let's say dating someone, you're married, you have children, how do you love them more? You love them more by spending more time with them. You love them more by getting to know the things that they love. An example, if I love my wife, I want to know what type of flowers she wants. Valentine's Day is coming up. If she really likes tulips, maybe I don't want to get her roses because that wouldn't be the most loving thing. But how would I know that? I have to know her. I have to know what she loves. So for me to love her more, I have to know her more. So it is with God. If we love God, we should seek to know God more. To know God more 
we have, we have to know where to, to find out more about him. We'll get there. Peter will get there. So, as, we, as we're moving through these verses, the next thing that Peter points out, but all these qualities, as he calls them, that through these qualities, we become partakers of the divine nature. In another words, we become partakers through union with Christ. And this union is with faith in Christ. Because without faith, all of these things are impossible to do. As this ultimate quality of love is, is a supplement to our faith and knowledge of Jesus Christ, therefore, as we see the essence of knowledge being love, love for Christ, love for the brethren, love for your neighbor, we cannot say that we love our neighbors as ourselves if we are not truly loving Christ. So let me ask, how is it that we are loving? How is it that we are loving Christ today, this morning, tomorrow? How is it that we are practicing virtue, as Peter points us to? Self-control, godliness, steadfastness. How are we practicing this entire list of qualities? I could sit up here and prescribe various ways, lists that commentaries have listed out, but we would be here until the evening service that we are not having tonight. Not wanting to do that, let me ask you to think about and meditate on this this week. What is Christ calling you to do for each of these virtues? How is he asking you to supplement your faith? How is he calling you to practice self-control or to acquire knowledge or to practice godliness or how to love the brethren? So look at this list. Meditate on it. Ask what sins you need to put off and which qualities you need to put on. Now I want to make clear is this saying, am I saying up here that we are justified by works? No, not at all. Remember who Peter is addressing this entire book to. to though, in verse 1, to those who have obtained a faith by the righteousness of our God and Savior. This righteousness, this faith that starts this whole list of qualities is not something that I created, not something that I have done, not something you have done, but it's a gift of God. It is the righteousness of our God and Savior. Look, however, at what Peter says next here in, the, in uh, verse, sorry, I've lost my place here. Uh, in verse 9, Peter notes, whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he is blind, having forgotten that he was cleansed by former sins. We must remember, even if this person isn't following these qualities, he has formerly been cleansed. This is a believer he is speaking of. So this list is not about justification. It is not about how we are saved in that sense. This person is not a person without faith because he's asking this person to supplement their faith. But Peter is asking us of how we walk in our sanctification. We are not called to say a prayer one day, to have a faith and live our lives as if a list like this doesn't exist. We are called to follow Christ and to do these good works in Christ. Instead, 
Peter asks us to be all the more diligent, to confirm your calling and election. For as you practice these qualities, you will never fall. For in this way, there will be richly provided for you an entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So church, let us practice these qualities. Let us not be drawn away by the world, worldly philosophies, or short-term gains of this life. This is what Scripture has always asked us to do. From my favorite book, Ecclesiastes 12, verse 13. The end of the matter, all has been heard. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. So then, let us diligently seek to love the Lord. Let us seek to practice brotherly affection. Let us seek after godliness. Let us seek after steadfastness. Let us seek after self-control. Let us seek after knowledge. And let us seek after virtue. Let us seek all these to supplement our faith. Let us not be as blind men, forgetting that we have been forgiven of our former sins. All of this, though, is based upon the gospel of Christ. Because we cannot see the eternal kingdom without this faith in the good news that comes through Jesus Christ alone. For the gospel is that picture of ultimate love. And we can know Christ through this love. So finally, in verses 12 through 15, Peter shows us how we can know Christ. That is, through his word. Peter says, Therefore, I intend always to remind you of these qualities. Though you know them, and are established in the truth that you have, I think it right, as long as I am in this body, to stir you up by way of reminder, since I know that the putting off of my body will be soon, as our Lord Jesus Christ made clear to me, and I will make every effort so that after my departure you may be able at any time to recall these things. So what is going on here? Peter is speaking of his death. He knows his death is soon. He is in Rome. He will soon be put to death by the Roman authorities. But even though he knows he's dying soon, he is calling these believers to be reminded, to recall, to remember. And how does he do that? through the writing of the book of 2 Peter. He is doing this for those, the believers at that time through the believers to today. Here we are, 2,000 years later from Peter's martyrdom, and we are still being recalled to the word of God by his writings. It is what we are doing right now. It is what we are doing whenever we read the scripture. We know Christ through his word. We recall it when we listen to good preaching, when we sing good songs of the scripture, when we read the scriptures on our own, listening to the podcast about scripture, listening to scripture on tapes, however you do it. 
we today are also recalling what the word, the words of our Christ. We are knowing Christ through his word. This, again, is how we will find that peace and grace and have it multiplied to us through seeking to know Christ and to love him more through his word. His word is what protects us from these false philosophies. His word is what brings us to these qualities, to adding to our faith. So however you consume the word, whether it is through reading, listening, talking with others about it, I implore you to remember what the word says about about it. As in Psalm 1, Blessed is the man whose delight is on the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates both day and night. So how are we meditating on the law of the Lord, that word of God? Please, take advantage of what we have in the modern day. You have the Bible on your phones. You can listen to sermons anytime. Read the word. Read it with your families. Read it by yourself. Pray the word. Because through this, we can know Christ and we can have grace and peace multiplied to us. So, let us seek knowledge of Christ through the word to gain that true grace and peace. Let us pray. Gracious Holy Father, Lord, we ask that you would multiply grace and peace to us this morning. Lord, we ask that you would let us know Christ more. We ask that we would be able to seek him by adding this list of qualities that Peter lays out here in your word. Lord, we know that your word is rich and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. We ask that we would not just listen to your word on Sunday mornings, but instead would be saturated by your word, to know your word every day of every minute of every hour. Lord, that your word would saturate our lives, that we would be as that tree planted by streams of water, drinking in your word, being washed by your word. Lord, we pray that we would wash our families in the word, that our seeking of you would flow to our families. Whether they are in our households or children who have moved out and far away, whether they are parents who are no longer living, that we are no longer living with, however our, our families are, wherever they are, Lord, if we're not with families, that it would be to our friends, that we would be witnesses through the knowledge of Jesus our Lord. Lord, we pray that you would open your word to us not just today, but as we meditate on it through this week. We pray all these things in your Son's blessed name and by the power of your Holy Spirit. Amen.